What is up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? Austin Cunningham and Justin Trees coming to you today with another great episode of Talking Football. Trees is in the middle of Utah. I mean, he was already there, but now he's even more in the middle of nowhere. He is out on a little family vacation. This is his vacation home. So uh, props to Trees here on even having that. I'm in the office here. It's not as dark in my background because we're actually doing this a little later in the day. So I guess thank you for that vacation as well, Trees. But man, uh, great to be back on with you, dude. Like, how's your weekend been going? Yeah, it's been great, man. Really, just been hanging out. Um, it's down by Vegas, so it's super warmer down here, and uh, we're just, you know, hanging by the pool, golfing, going on hikes in state parks and stuff, dude. It's been a good time. So. Uh, it is my my fault that we didn't go earlier this week. Uh, I decided, one, know what? I was having a little too many cocktails by the pool and decided, one, know what? Probably not the best idea to podcast right now. So <laughs> my apologies, everyone. But uh, we're back at it today. Uh, happy to be here. And uh, we're ready to go. And we've actually decided, one, know what? It's now been a solid four weeks since the draft. Uh, it is time for us to finish up all of our uh, division uh, reviews. So we're going to have give you guys three divisions today, and we're very excited about it. Yeah, let's just go ahead and crank this bad boy out. Uh, going to finish up with the AFC East, the AFC South, and the AFC West. Like Tree said, we're just going to crank it out and get it over with. But before that, the coveted Tree Sivia, do we have it today? Uh, we do not have it today, actually. Do not have it today. No worries. So, but we do have um, a proposal of if the draft has to, or sorry, the schedule needs to be adjusted in the NFL. Uh, one of the proposals is actually very interesting. And for me, it's like it hurts some teams and then it very much helps some teams. So it would be interesting to see if like that actually went. I don't think it would because there's a lot of primetime games that would be canceled. But what I read earlier today was, Week one would become the last week of the season. Week two would basically become everybody's bye week. And then those would get week two would get sprinkled in. All those matchups would get sprinkled in throughout the season whenever your actual bye week was. And then weeks three and four would get canceled altogether. And it would be a 14-game season. So what's interesting about that? Teams like Kansas City would be very, very happy because uh, your schedule just got a whole bunch easier, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you don't have to go to Baltimore. That's the the Baltimore game, and then who else? New England. Back to back, yeah. Wow, thank you. Yeah. So that would be great for you. For the Jags, given I want them to lose, so sure. But for the Jags, that is the Bengals and Dolphins weeks. So, um. Would hurt them if you're trying to win games. And I'm not saying that those teams are going to be bad. We actually both think that those teams will be pretty good. But, mm-hmm. you know, we all know the story. They were the first pick and the fifth pick in the draft for a reason <laughs> last year. So um, it would be interesting. I think it would also hurt. I saw, like, some schedules that it would hurt. And they were saying basically Jags, Cincy, Cardinals, and the Rams, it would hurt the most. And then the most it would help is – Teams like Kansas City, New England, Washington, and Tennessee. Those are some some of the big teams that it would actually help for who they play. So that would be interesting to see what happened there. Um, I would not like that. 
Um, mainly just because I want to see that New England, or not the, I mean, yeah, I still want to see the New England Chiefs game, but I very much want to see that Baltimore-Kansas City game. Um, Especially that one. It's going to yeah. be a primetime game. It's going to be in Baltimore. Uh, I mean, I'm saying primetime, like, dude, everyone's going to be watching that game. No, even the what it's been the last two years that they've played, like that matchup alone has just caught the eyes of everybody. Former MVPs going at it in Baltimore this year. Chiefs coming off a Super Bowl win. That game is going to be highly televised all over social media for the week. The buildup's going to for it's going to be crazy. I have buddies that are Baltimore Ravens fans. They're already talking smack. They're already trying to make bets. I'm like, hey, let's just get through the offseason. Let's even figure out like when the season is taking place. Then I'll start chirping back. But until then, dude, man, so they would cut off week three and four and then have it a 14-week season. Yeah, and then the bye week is just randomly sprinkled in, or does everyone have it on week two? Everybody has it on week two, meaning they none of them have it, right? Like the season is starts one month later, so nobody has a bye week. And your bye week now is sprinkled in with whoever you were supposed to play week two of their actual season. Gotcha. Okay. So, um, and then the first week, you, whoever you were all excited about, like, hey, this is who we start the season with, is now who you'd actually end the season with. Um, it's an interesting proposal, um, but again, would just I think it would just hurt too many teams. I think that like it would really give an unfair advantage to some teams for sure. So they so they would much rather do that though than have games with no fans on it. Is kind of where they're at. I, and I don't know. Like this was just a proposal I saw um, from Warren Sharp on Twitter, who's a very he's very in the know. He works for ESPN yeah. um, on certain occasions. So um, yeah, he's. It's just one that he said that he'd seen and was kind of explaining what it was and how it would work and stuff. So uh, to me, like it just obviously would make more sense to just go without fans, even if you just say, hey, first four weeks of the season, no fans. After that, we're going to start trying to get fans in there. It is what it is. I also saw um, that they were trying to make uh, the face masks like the N95 masks. Yeah, which would be crazy on how they would do that. And then prevent the fogging, allow the breathing to be, you know, fully functional for everybody. That would be, it would be weird. Look, like it would take a little bit to get, you know, comfortable with, but maybe the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams are going like, Hey, we'll just do whatever it takes. If these jerseys get even uglier, forget about it. We don't (laughs) care at this point. I can totally see him just doing that. 100%. 100%. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Okay. Well, let's just get into some uh, fuck, Mary kill, Carol Baskin time because uh, guess what? It's been a, a pretty slow week in NFL news. So surprisingly that's so. <laughs> surprisingly so. I still think that it's gonna kind of like boost up at some point soon. I think there's gonna be some some noise made shortly. Oh, one other thing that I saw: the Eagles were like, yeah, we don't want. Uh, Clowney, unless he's for, I think they said he less than $11 million or less than $10 million per year. Holy shit. Could you imagine if Clowney went into this offseason thinking that he was going to get like $21, 22000000 million a year and ended up with 10 Dude, talk about swallowing your pride <laughs> if you had any left. Like that would be, that would be hard. That would be hard yeah. to accept. I would feel bad in a sense, but the Eagles, man, they might be getting a steal if no one else is willing to do that. Exactly. For sure. All right, we're going to start off with the AFC East, and we are going to start out with who we believe is going to win that division, and that is the uh, Buffalo Bills. 
Mm-hmm. So round one, they obviously traded their first round pick to get Stefan Diggs. Uh, one to what? Pretty good trade for them. I mean, they gave up a lot, but they needed a wide receiver receiver very badly. So uh, that'll work for them. Uh, round two, they got a guy that both of us really loved and always had in the first round in all of our mocks, and that's AJ Epinesa. They got him at pick 54. I thought that was a steal. Uh, they took Taylor Gabriel in round four. Sorry about that. Um, and then Jake Fromm was a steal right there. So Jake Fromm coming in in round five uh, to sit behind Josh Allen. That's crazy. I think that that is just an awesome pick for them because I thought that he, he was better talent than round five. Question is, does his arm strength and his play style fit Buffalo, meaning the way they like to throw it down the field and yeah. the weapon? That's obviously a huge concern. But we've seen it before. You always talked about this with the Nick Foles and Carson Wentz thing. Offensive coordinators, they'll change their play play calling and their style for whoever's at quarterback. So not not the end of the world there. I mean, if you once you got Stefan Diggs there, like in let's say something does happen to Josh Allen and Fromm has to come in as a rookie, he's gonna be in enough like of an offense where he will be okay. He's got receiving weapons. He's got a running back duo there with Zach Moss being drafted in the third round. They rebuilt their offensive line last year as well, or at least tried to in a sense. But he would be coming into a better situation, better than what he ever had at Georgia. So honestly, who knows how well he does. And maybe this is just kind of one of those deals like, hey, we take a flyer on Jake Fromm. If Josh Allen doesn't get any better or maybe just digresses significantly this next season – we have someone that had promise at one point but didn't get any better because of what he was surrounded with at Georgia after all his receivers left, not really much at the offensive line and primarily a running attack team. That would be the mindset for the Bills. But the other team here in this division, dude, the Patriots, they go after Kyle Duggar. They get Josh Uche, is that correct? Or yep. Uche, Uche. And then they go and take some other guys. But, man, the Patriots, they always end up with, like, I feel like 12 draft picks throughout. They just end up picking so many. Bill Belichick finds a way to make it happen, gets the right guys in the right spot, figures out their strengths, and then just keys off of it. So I don't. It's not like there's a lot of big names here for the Patriots, but let's you know, a couple years down the road, we're probably looking at these guys and be like, man, they got a stud linebacker here in the sixth round. They got a, some stud offensive linemen here in the sixth round as well, fifth round. They build well with Bill Belichick at the helm, especially with all these picks. This isn't a draft that I like. I loved, but Kyle Duggar in round two, a lot of people were kind of, you know, starting his draft stock, excuse me, started to grow more as we got closer to the day. So for the Patriots to land him in round two, kind of working out for him there if all goes well. Yeah, absolutely. And I really like the Anthony Jennings pick in round three. They also took back-to-back tight ends in round three. Dalton Keene is a good player. So, yeah, I totally agree with you there. Uh, with the Dolphins, so we all know that they had multiple first-round picks there. Uh, they took Tua. They took Austin Jackson. They took Raekwon Davis in uh, round two that I thought was a great pick there. Another guy that I liked, uh, Jason Strobridge. Uh, he was the North Carolina guy that we talked about at the Senior Bowl quite a bit. Yeah. He was he was a little bit inconsistent in Mobile, but also was like stood out. Like he had he had the flash plays that I was like, wonder what this guy's a dude that can come in and be uh, a guy that comes in and plays situational downs and really could make a difference. And so I thought I I actually really liked that pick for the Dolphins there. Yeah, they the Dolphins did well. I mean they've done well 
I feel like the last couple of drafts, honestly, in free agency as well, trying to build that team, creating a good foundation. Uh, Brian Foles being at the helm of that, man. They, they are doing things right in Miami. And if all goes well with two, if you can stay healthier, maybe another another season of Fitzmagic. Some might be kind of sparking there in Buffalo. You know, they beat the Patriots at the end of the year, gave the Chiefs the number one seed. Thank you again. Uh, still appreciate that. And the Chiefs go on to win the Super Bowl, or excuse me, number two seed. Uh, so I like what the Dolphins are doing. The Jets, ah, dude, we talked about this quite a bit, about what the Jets could do at 11. We talked yeah. about should they go offensive tackle or should they go receiver and then land someone in the second round. Well, the way the draft fell, they could have taken Jerry Judy at 11 and then landed, I think it was Josh Jones, is that right, in round two? He just kept falling, and then they could have got him at pick 59. That would have been probably just as good as what – like, it would have been better than what they did, honestly, because they got Becton at 11, and they get Denzel Mimes, uh, a tall receiver, a bigger target uh, for Sam Bradford – not Bradford, Sam Darnold, excuse me. So – if all goes well, this is good for him. But other than that, like outside of this draft, I mean, you take a guy out of Florida in round four who kind of reminded people of what they tried to do last year with the other edge player out of Florida uh, who they inevitably released in the offseason before, like in the middle of training camp. Like he just didn't make it very far in it. You draft, from what I hear, similar type talent or work ethic. That's not a good look. But you steal Bryce Hall in round five. He kept falling just due to medical issues. Coronavirus didn't help him very much. But if the Jets make that work at round five, there you go. His teammate, uh, Juan Thornhill for the Chiefs, talks very highly of him, says someone's going to get a steal. Maybe the Jets get that right there in round five. Maybe that's the luck that they get. But with Sam Darnold, another year being completely healthy, another, you know, another year of football in the NFL under his wing, kind of ready to go, the Jets might be on to something again if all goes well and they can stay healthy because that's been their big knock just they're not staying healthy and the talent that they do bring in isn't producing hopefully it starts here yeah uh for me uh the risk is just that denzel mims pick obviously everybody's like awesome you got him at pick 59 all these mocks had him in round one and i know that he had a freak combine like just amazing but for some reason i just always am skeptical of those wide receivers that you feel like had their breakout year their senior year and I don't know why that is like and I shouldn't like they that just shows that they're getting better and better but uh I kind of just like have this feeling of like okay am I worried and maybe it's just the Baylor thing more than anything like how many successful Baylor wide receivers have we actually seen besides Josh Gordon um but I know you got to scout scout the player not the helmet but um at the same time it, it does worry me um but if he becomes what everybody thinks he's going to be, this can be a steal of a, an, a great first three uh, rounds because I love Ashton Davis as well. So um, P. Ryan running back, it's very interesting, especially now that they ended up signing Gore. So now it's like, okay, now you took a wide or a running back that's going to be third string um, with the fourth round pick when you have a lot of holes. Uh, it's hard to use the rounds one through four on just depth. It, it really is when we're in that type of position. So um, overall, pretty good, though. So um, let's just go ahead and we'll do fuck, Mary kill, Gerald Baskin now, and then we'll just keep going through the divisions. So <clears throat> I'll, I'll start us off here. Um, I am going to I'm going to marry the Dolphins. I am going to uh, fuck the Bills. I will uh kill the patriots and then carol baskin the jets wow really yes 
Why? Why? Just because it's fuck the Jets or? No, I mean, just because I, I mean, I'm very worried about Mims. I like Becton, but I also thought that he had major holes in his game. Uh, I don't think that he was this elite left tackle. So if you say he misses there, and I could see that the Mims pick is very hit or miss, um, just like that, rounds one and two, I think, are just very risky on a team that can't afford to take risks. They needed to get the most for sure guys. Like you mentioned, maybe go with the Jerry Judy or whoever, C.D. Lamb at 11, yeah. and then taking whatever left tackle is there in uh, – round two i just think that, that those would have been better options and obviously you can't uh, foresee like who's going to fall but you could foresee somebody one of the left tackles is going to fall it's just going to happen yeah. so um and there could and you have so many holes that maybe you just find another guy and then sure do you go into the the year with another weak left tackle yes you could and obviously you don't want to do that to protect darnold but i just would have rather taken one of those top wide receivers there that makes sense. So I'm gonna I'm gonna marry the Dolphins as well. I'm gonna have a night out with the Bills. I'm gonna kill the Jets, but then I'm gonna Carol Baskin the Patriots. And the reason I say that with the Patriots is, did I did they draft a receiver in this class? The Patriots? Yes. No. I who do you have outside of Edelman and Nikhil Harry? And you have a rookie or a second year quarterback coming in. You have a running back. That's great. But, like, you added to your offensive line and your defense, which was already pretty studly. So you add it there. But outside of that, I don't feel like you do much to help your quarterback that's coming in to lead your franchise. And kind of inevitably, hopefully you win the division. Doesn't seem like they're trying to do that next year. The Bills, I like the Diggs trade for. But after that, it was like you added to your defense in Epinesa. That's great. You take a running back that you had that in Singletary. You get a receiver, then a quarterback, and another receiver. That's all right, but not anything that I'm super in love with. Want to have fun with that. But the Dolphins, I feel like they got guys that can help their team immediately this next season. Not that they're going to do spectacular, but I feel like they'll help them out a lot this next season in kind of building that foundation and growing from there and really seeing what you have, especially with the amount of picks that they had as well. Uh, the Jets, I just kind of want to kill it. I don't hate it, but it when I'm picking between the Bills or the Jets, said it earlier, fuck the Jets, bro. Like, it's the J-E-T-S, fuck you. Uh, you get backed in, like you said, questionable questionable offensive lineman, huge holes in his game, Denzel Mims. We probably could have like, – I just – I wish they would have taken a receiver at 11. Like, that's just the bottom line. I wish they would have done that. You you spent plenty of offseason moves going after depth at the position. You're telling me someone can't fill in for a season. Well, no one you got this offseason is better than what you had last year. Just yeah. to me, just eh. maybe Beckton works out, and that's your future left tackle. Oh. Good. Shut everyone up. But until then, I don't really know. So that's that's pretty much it for this division. Let's go ahead and get on to the south and start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I like that they got Henderson. I like that they added Edge. They got a receiver that you love. They got a receiver out of Texas. Hey, Jaguars set themselves up pretty good for the season after this next one because the more you look at their schedule and kind of what they're doing – Hey, everything might go might go well with Minshew. It might not. That's all I have to say about the Jaguars, because this is your team. Take it away. 
Okay. So uh, obviously they took CJ Henderson at nine. I actually was a bit surprised there. I really thought they were going to try to trade down, but uh, nobody was obviously nobody was trading. It was, felt like no, there wasn't any trades until you know late in the draft. Uh, There's one at 13, but that was just a trade up one spot by the Bucks, which was weird. But um, so I, I like the player. I really do. Do I love him at nine? I don't. But with Chase on going at 20, I actually liked the pick at nine more because I actually thought Chase on was a better player than Henderson was. So like, even if you would have swapped those two, I would have been like, all right, cool. Like, that's great. Uh, <laughs> I really wanted, I really wanted uh, Justin Jefferson at 20. I really did. Um, but when they took Chase on, I'm like, he was, it was one A, one B for me. So I'm very ecstatic about that. And then I love, Love LaVisca Chenault. So uh, having him in round two was, I just thought was great. Uh, we talked about him, I think two or three episodes before the draft mm-hmm. where he was not going, he couldn't go somewhere where he had to be the number one wide receiver. I don't know if he's that guy, but if he's the number two on a team, he's going to be deadly. Like the, yeah. all of the ways that you can use him is just fantastic. And Jake Rudin's going to have a lot of fun with him this year. So they're going to line him at Wildcat, running back, slot, outside. Like, he will be everywhere, and it's going to be awesome. So uh, get that guy opposite of DJ Chark, going to be fantastic. Uh, ben Barch, uh, we watched him at the Senior Bowl. He was uh, also kind of a hit or miss. He, I felt like he did actually very well the first days of practice and then kind of slowed down a little bit. So that will be interesting. But that pick is actually more for next year because he'll be behind Andrew Norwell this year learning. And then I think they'll release release Norwell next year. So this that's more of a next year pick anyways. Uh, you brought up Texas wide receiver Colin Johnson, round five. Absolutely pumped about this pick. Get that size. Get somebody that Minshew can just toss it up to in the red zone, and you're going to be happy there. And then in round seven, and obviously we're skipping through some picks here, but uh, round seven, Chris Claybrooks, cornerback uh, out of Memphis, I was very, very excited about. They've already come out, but like he's our return guy. That's it. Like that's his job year one. He ran a four three six at the combine. Uh, I'm ready to see that speed as a punt returner, as a kick returner, get D.D. Westbrook out of punt return so he can focus in on just slot play. So it's going to be great. Awesome. Uh, Let's go ahead and get into the Titans. They take Isaiah Wilson. Then they go Christian Fulton, Darrington Evans, Cole McDonald. Valuable guys to help this team pretty early. They had a pretty good season last year. Let's hope that luck continues and everything just rolls over into this next season. I personally don't think it's going to happen. A lot of miles on the tires for Derrick Henry. We've been, all been saying that for a while through high school, through college, through the NFL. He just seems to get stronger as the year goes on. It doesn't make sense that at some point a tire is going to blow and you just wonder at what point does it happen, especially if they just keep beating him the ball. Can Tannehill, is he a guy that you can rely on? You add to this defense. You added more to your edge guys. There's a possibility this Titans defense might be one of the best in the league. It's definitely getting overlooked right now. But the Titans did their part in helping out this year for sure. Yeah, they it was just plug and replace. That's all they did. Isaiah Wilson takes over for at right tackle. Christian Fulton uh, taking over for Logan Ryan. Uh, Darrington Evans taking over for Deion Lewis. Cole McDonald now going to take over the Mariota role as a backup. And if something happens to Tannehill, you got a gunslinger that can do it do it all there. So uh, I actually really like this. Uh, we were texting during the draft. And the moment that Christian Fulton went there, 
Mm-hmm. I know I went nuts. Actually, you weren't happy either because you were like, wait a second. Could he possibly fall to yeah. – It's like all this of a like sudden – less than 10 picks away. Here come yeah. the freaking Titans. Yep, here come the Titans. Um, so uh, I actually really, really liked their draft. I did. Uh, moving on to the Texans, uh, they didn't have very many picks, as we know. Uh, the three big ones that stood out to me, their first one, uh, Ross Blacklock, uh, the defensive tackle from TCU. That's a very good pick. I really like him, given with the many uh, the needs that this team has, did D-tackle really, is that your guys' biggest need? Uh, Jonathan Greenard uh, from Florida in round three, and then John Reed in the fourth round. So uh, overall, the Texans, I mean, they got some – solid players it just was weird because it kind of felt like they got players that didn't fit any needs like they don't have holes in those positions and i get like best player available if that's their best player available but at some point you got to be like one to what we're already two or three deep at this spot maybe maybe we can't go exact best player available maybe we drop one spot and go with our next best because uh some of these guys they're just behind vets that are solid that were you they might not get on the field very often no, yeah. Uh, the what the Colts did, I love what the Colts did. Uh, probably my favorite draft out of this division, just to be completely honest with you. You take Michael Pittman Jr. in the first round, uh, that's gonna help out Philip Rivers tremendously. Then you get Jonathan Taylor in the second, that's gonna help out even more. Then you go Julian Blackman and Jacob Eason. Eason could potentially be your future there in Indianapolis. Strong arm quarterback, gotten some issues in college, loses the job at Georgia, goes to Washington, inevitably. Inevitably must just be my favorite word this show. I don't get it. Uh, <laughs> tears it up in Washington, does well, lands in Indianapolis. If he can handle it well and learn from Philip Rivers, that might be the best thing that can ever happen to him. You learn that mindset. You learn when to use it and when not to, like on the running your mouth aspect of things, and then making the right decisions and the reads, clutch situations. That's what Philip Rivers does. Yeah, he might throw the ball away. Maybe you can kind of learn what not to do in those situations. But overall, this is a good young class for the Colts and what they want to do building forward. And I really think they win this division because they have something for Philip Rivers that he's never really had. You know what I mean? He's got a full – we talked about this, I think, last episode. They got a full basketball team right there at the receiving core. They got several running backs, one of the best offensive lines in the NFL outside of Dallas. Uh, That's something I don't think he ever had in San Diego or Los Angeles, just let alone with the Chargers. He just didn't have it. If he gets it here in Indianapolis at the end of his career, and that's going to save his arm and his health, and he's not going to be taking these hits, dude, look out for the Colts because they are not getting looked at at all, and we already know what Ballard can do when drafting for the defensive side of the ball. I like the Colts a lot. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I'm marrying the Colts. That's that's who I'm marrying. Cool. Well, we'll let you get into that in just a second. I just want to give my brief. So love the Pittman-Taylor uh, combo in the second round there. Julian Blackman, obviously, a, a, a safety slash corner from the Utes. I love him. And Easton, yes, is agreed as well. Uh, fun thing about uh, Jonathan Taylor is so they traded up the pick before the Jags, and there are reports that the Jags were going to take Jonathan Taylor. With that, with that second round pick, uh, so their board make you feel their board lie was laying down as Jonathan Taylor and then Lavisca Chenault as the, their number two option. So uh, um, obviously, uh, Jonathan Taylor is a stud. I'm happy with Chenault. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, we needed a wide receiver anyways. But 
yeah, it would have been nice to get uh, <laughs> Baylor. But, you know, next year we'll see what happens. Um, they have plenty of picks next year as well. I'm sure that they'll go quarterback, running back combination in some sort in the first two to three rounds. So, but, uh, you know, that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. You sit and wait and think that guys are going to fall to you. Other teams know, like, what, what needs you, need, you, you have and that if you put out that you're tra- trying to trade uh, Leonard Fournette, like, Obviously, running backs a need. So if one of the best ones is falling to you, teams are going to try to jump you, especially division rivals. So, um, yeah, that, that was a tough one. But um, I'll let you finish getting to it. So you have the Colts that you were marrying. Uh, who's yep. your one-night stand? Uh, my one-night stand is probably going to be the Jaguars. Just kind of want to have some fun with it. The Titans I'm going to kill. And I'm, I'm Carol Baskin the hell out of the Texans. What you've done this offseason – I don't care if Brandon Cooks has come out and says, I love the depth of what our wide receivers have here in Houston. Horseshit. I feel so bad for Deshaun Watson. I don't know how well it goes there, if at all. If it does go poorly, Bob's gone. I think one of the first episodes we ever did together, I was like, you would think Bill O'Brien's on the hot seat in Houston. You were like, no, they actually really love him. Huge fan of AFC South. I hear about it all the time. Like, eh. Three years later, or two years later, we're finally freaking here. His seat's warming up. He better make it happen. So that's my take on the AFC South. And uh, I'm going to just uh, do the old copy and paste there because I um, have the same thing. Colts on Marion, one-night stand, giving those Jags. Uh, could be a very, very good building core for them. Uh, Titans, they were very close one-night stand, but I'm going to end up killing them. And then the Texans, yeah, you, it's their Carol Baskin. Yep. For sure. So let's go ahead and just head on into the AFC West. My division here for my team, the reigning Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they take a running back in round one. Not something that I was super thrilled about. I believe I've said it here before. I just had it so made up in my mind that they were going to trade out of the first round to get more picks. Because they only had like five or six this year. That they would trade out, get more picks, get a corner in the second round add to the safeties as well, go three safeties all game. They didn't end up doing that. They take a running back, which going back and looking at tape and seeing what he did in college, if that translates in a littlest bit to the NFL, look the hell out for Kansas City next year. You thought you had to worry about him last year. Now they got a running back, a run like Kareem Hunt-type style threat to the offense again. Boy, look out. Then in the second round, they go after Willie Gay Jr., who had an exceptional combine Probably the one of the best ones outside of Isaiah Simmons. They had a freak linebacker there, similar to what they had with uh, Mr. Johnson, Derek Johnson there. Everyone remembers him. Hook him horns, number 56. We loved it. Hopefully Willie Gay Jr. can be at least a, three quarters of that. It's going to be exciting to have another athletic, athletic linebacker. Then they go secondary from there. Uh, they added the offensive line depth, which is good. So I kind of like the draft. I don't freaking love it, but it's – these guys are going to make some impact plays for the team. So that I'm excited about. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, just talking about your, about your first two picks, obviously CH is going to be fantastic in that offense. He really is. Um, and then uh, Willie Jr., that was, a, that was a surprise for me because right? we kind of talked about their your guys' linebackers and how you guys needed to be more athletic, which is exactly what they give them. But, like, is it really the biggest need with the vets that you had? Like, mm-hmm. could they – the job done um we always obviously talked about cornerback and all that so a, a little surprising there but again like you just said these are guys that are going to make instant impact plays and they are going to be fast and 
ready to play ball. So um, it's yeah. actually very good fits for this team. So um, I'm actually kind of with you of like, I don't think it's the greatest draft that we've ever seen, but it's like solid, solid, pretty solid, solid. Like where you're like, I can't hate this draft at all. So yep. I'm with you there. Um, moving on to the Chargers. Let's just talk about just their first two picks here. And that's Justin Herbert and uh, Kenneth Murray. So two, I think good picks. Um, I think I like Justin Herbert a little bit more than most people. So um, should he have been top six? Probably not. Pro- you know, I don't think I had him in my top six, but nobody's trading down. You're not going to be able to trade up enough t- to go and get him. So again, so take him when you need, uh, let him sit behind Tyrod for a year. I'm all for that. And adding Kenneth Murray, I think, is just a huge difference maker. We were talking about what if they took Isaiah Simmons? What if this defense just goes nuts mm. there? One know what? Kenneth Murray might be a better fit in this in this style of defense where they literally just need a linebacker, right? They don't need this guy going around everywhere because they already have Derwin James. Derwin James already does what Isaiah Simmons was gonna is what Isaiah Simmons brings to the table. So just get a true linebacker there. And it's gonna be fun watching uh Murray chased down Clyde like those two going back and forth throughout their oh, career yeah. is going to be a very fun thing to like watch and be like oh well these two are both first round picks both late first round picks in this class like th- th- they will always tie that together yeah uh they added exceptional speed to the defense they got a go-getter at linebacker you have we've already seen the pressure that Bosa brings in the flexibility that Derwin James gives you to play anywhere on the field. And now you add in Kenneth Murray, who can also get anywhere on the field in the blink of an eye. That's good for them. Maybe you got your quarterback of the future here at six. You've talked about that enough. I, I like the draft. I like how they did it. Just outside of those, it was just kind of a bland draft. You know what I mean? These guys, with their potential, have the opportunity to come in and make some huge impact for them moving forward. The Raiders, dude, they're going to Raider. First round, they go after a speed guy. Third round, they get a running back slash receiver type guy to come in and play for him. But then they take Brian Edwards, receiver out of South Carolina. That's a guy that concerns me the most about being in this division because they got speed and size on receivers for Derek Carr. They got a guy that he can throw it up to and another guy that's going to break away quickly. Uh, I say Raiders are going to Raider because, man, they take speed at number one, the old Al Davis days. What are we doing here? Let's just take the fastest guy in the draft. Bam, that's exactly what they did. They have their hopeful Tyreek Hill type player in that offense for John Gruden and if they do hey look out because that offense might take off in a way that we haven't seen it yet but you throw in Jacobs on that mix as well with their with their tight ends and Henry's or with Ruggs and Edwards that offense could be better than we think outside of those picks for their draft though it was kind of just it felt like reaches uh, for their defensive side of the ball I felt like they could have gone after a linebacker um, they didn't end up doing that but the Raiders it was an okay draft in my book in all reality yeah, so for me, Damon Arnett pick, taking him at 19 was just like a shocker there. Like I was like, whoa, what's going on here? Uh, especially when you had guys like Queen and Murray still on the bill. And I know that they they end up uh, Corey Littleton. They got him in free agency, yeah. but um, still, I thought they they still need another one. Uh, Lynn Bowden, um, he was picked in the third round, one pick before uh, Brian Edwards. That was an interesting back-to-back wide receivers two totally different types of players. I'm with you. I love Brian Edwards. So um, I just, I just don't understand the Arnett pick, like especially because yeah. Chris Bolton was still on there. Like it, there was just so many good players, but Hey, we'll see how it turns out. Um, 
Henry Ruggs is the interest is also interesting because Derek Carr doesn't like to throw the ball down the field. Like you you have the speedster now that you're like, yeah, but we have a quarterback that won't throw it 20 yards down the field. So like what you're going to use him for like drag routes and just hope his speed like makes impacts there. Um, I actually just I'm just legit worried about um, Henry Ruggs making an impact early in his career because of that. And when I say early, it might only it may only be one year because uh, Carr may be gone after this year. But um, yeah. and maybe not. Maybe Carr sticks around and they figure it out. And maybe Carr finally feels like okay, now I have a weapon to push it down the field. We'll see. Uh, but that that is a worry for me. Um, moving on to the Broncos, though. Um, I think I'd probably speak for both of us when I say that the Broncos picks were uh, very fun and interesting and maybe scary for people in that division. Uh, at 15, they take Jerry Judy. At 46, turn around and take another wide receiver in uh, KJ Hamler out of Penn State. Uh, take a cornerback in round three. Take uh, Cushionberry, Lloyd Cushionberry, the center out of LSU in round three, who I thought was a stud. Probably should have been a second-round pick. Um, Albert O is what we everybody calls him because nobody can pronounce his last name from Missouri in round four. Obviously mm-hmm. played with their quarterback the year before that um, in college. So, um, yeah, I really like this. They now have two tight ends. They can play a two tight end system. They can play 11 personnel if they want and have three wide receivers with Hamler and Judy and Court and Sutton. They obviously have uh, Gordon and Lindsey at running back. Like This team just has weapons on offense now. Uh, defense, they, they obviously picked up A.J. Boye after losing Chris Harris. Um, they still, you always bring this, you bring this up a lot. They still have both of their edge rushers. Mm-hmm. So uh, this team's going to be fun to watch. And we talked about this right when the season ended. That was the, I've never seen a team take second in the division more quietly than the Denver Broncos did this last year. Like nobody knows that they took second in that division. Yeah. I, th- I just think it's because how well Kansas city played everyone in the division. And I, you know, I think that's just kind of it. They did have close games against the chiefs. Like they always do, but Kansas city's just found a way to come back in the fourth quarter and just make it happen uh, against it. But this Broncos draft, dude, I loved it. You know, you mentioned going two tight end sets. Now you take one, uh, the kid out of Mizzou, big ass dude. That's a huge dude. But then you add in Lloyd Cushenberry to that offensive line. Uh, one of our first guests that we ever had on, a huge member of that offensive line. Um, what, the name slipped in my mind. Help me out here. Dalton Reiser. Dalton Reiser. Thank you. Uh, he kind of helped out the left side. Cushenberry is going to come in and help out the right side. You kind of figured out your run blocking scheme there. Didn't you add size for the pass game as well? Didn't you add Jerry Judy and KJ Hamlin? You get your speed and your route running. And then you have Cortland Sutton on the other side. Oh, don't forget about Noah Fant. Dude, if Drew Locke takes a step back this year, I'm going to be utterly shocked. Because the only thing he doesn't need to do is make mistakes. And like some people are going to be like, well, duh, like no quarterback needs to do that. That's what he struggled with at Mizzou was like, hey, my arm's strong enough. I can zip the ball in here and be just fine. Here, it's like, dude, all you need to do is find the guy and give them a chance. Like, you don't need to be trying to force anything because you have athletes all over the field that you just give them the ball and let them make something happen. Like, you got Gordon on offense in that division. We already seen what he did with the Chargers against everyone else. Now he's in there with the Broncos and Lindsey. We've seen what he can do. Both these guys running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield. Screen game. It's 
they're going to be hard to play this next year. If Drew Locke takes a step backwards, like I said, I'm going to be shocked, but there's no way. The I mean, this dude is just going to break through the roof. You know, just I expect a huge season for him with these weapons. It might not be early. It might take a little bit. But, dude, once they get rolling, look out. I, w- I don't want to be standing on the tracks when that train's coming through because they're going to be coming in fucking hot at the end of the year. Agreed. Absolutely agree. All right. Uh, we can do our fuck, Mary kill, Carol Baskin. Uh, I will just do both of our Marys, which is going to be the Denver Broncos, I assume, for you. Boom. Uh, yep. Yep. Um, I will actually um, do the whole one-night stand with the Chiefs, actually. I don't know about wow. you. But I am going to No, do... mine's actually going to be the Chargers. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Add to the offense and the defense. You got younger. You got faster on defense. You just need guys to stay healthy. Get Bosa and Derwin James stay healthy. Hey, one of the best defenses in the league. I mean, Derwin James comes in late last year. They win like what? The last five games. Yeah. Dude, good. Good for the Chargers. Yep. Okay. So who is going to be your kill? I'm gonna kill the Chiefs. Uh, okay. I like adding a running back. I like adding Willie Gay Jr. You know, you get athletes on both sides of the ball, but. Dude, you, you, we needed to attack the corner help. Like we needed help at corner big time, and we overlooked that. Uh, I like adding a running back though. It's gonna help this offense even more. You're bringing pretty much all the receivers back, so you don't have to really worry about one guy learning the offense and kind of getting into the groove of things and truly finding his role in the the game plan. But they'll figure that as the season goes on. And the defensive side of the ball, I mean, we'll just see. It wasn't anything that I was super happy and excited about. We just won the fucking Super Bowl. I'm happy enough, so I don't. I'm not too upset with killing this draft. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to kill the Raiders here. Get out of here. Get out. Okay. I felt a little disrespectful. You. This is me being a biased Chiefs fan. That's your take. Let's hear. I want to hear your take. On why I'm killing the the Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because I'm worried about rugs, I mean, kind of like what I already said, I'm worried about rugs not being able to use his speed uh, dramatically. And uh, the other wide receivers, they have their risks there. And so you took back to back. Do they pan out? Do they or do they not? And then obviously I don't like what they did at 19. So that made it so that dropped them as well. So that's my biggest reason, which makes it so my Carol Baskin is the Chargers. Oh, wait, you already, you I, fucked the I, Chiefs. Oh, yeah, overreaction for no reason. Oh, I man. Like, what? Yeah, no, my chief, I Chiefs is my one-night stand. Oh, excuse me. Hey, no worries. Play okay. on, play I didn't play know on, why play on. <laughs> um, So, and for me, it's just Justin Herbert's not going to play this year. Um, And is it a risk? Yeah, because he, he has his flaws. And again, I like him more than most, just not at six. T- at six. Um, and I love the Kenneth Murray pick. Love that. But then other than that, I actually don't love their draft. Uh, like Joshua Kelly in round four, because they, they basically didn't have picks in rounds two and three. Yeah. So, um, and then they took another wide receiver, uh, UCLA kid, I think. Or no, sorry, West Virginia kid. Uh, sorry, let me look it up. Joe Reed. Joe Reed. And so, um, and I just thought that like they could have used a different type of player. Like Colin Johnson was still there. I, I like Colin Johnson more than Joe Reed, and I get it. They were probably looking for a faster type guy, but still, best player available, and I think Colin Johnson was better. So um, given, hey, Justin Herbert becomes the guy, I'm completely wrong on this. And, like, obviously, yeah. obviously, if anybody takes a quarterback and he becomes the guy, it becomes a man. something right. Yeah. You know? So, um, but I just – 
And it, it's hard to be anything but like a kill or Carol Baskin when you don't have a second and third round pick. Like, yeah. Just, yeah. And so, I mean, your reasonings on why, on wanting to kill the Raiders are exactly why I'm Carol Baskin. Them. You take speed around one, you know, you mentioned what Derek Carr does. I do think he actually likes to throw the ball down the field. I just don't think he's had anyone to really do it with that. He can trust, you know, once you lose, the ACDC matchup that he had with Amari Cooper, like, man, you kind of hate to see it, that there's no one else there. You go and get Antonio Brown, look good in hard knocks when he was there. After that, not so much. Dude decided to freeze his feet off. And then, you know, we just know the shit show that's taken place since then. Maybe Henry Ruggs is that, but then you take Damian Arnett in round one, and then you go get Brian Edwards in round three, and then you just reach for a defensive safety from Clemson in the later rounds that probably – why is really – I don't know what their plan is or kind of what they're wanting to do here in Las Vegas now. Maybe they're just focused on trying to get this move and they're comfortable with what they had. And they just kind of want to add to it a little bit by little bit, not any huge stuff with, you know, that's their own decision making there. So, yeah, I'm going to Carol Baskin, the Raiders, and that's that's really just going to kind of be it for me. So not not a huge hate on the entire division, but not super excited for anything outside of what Denver did. Right. Um, I actually saw a couple Las Vegas Raiders shirts this weekend, and that was super weird for me to see. Like, yeah, I'm sure it was. Actually reading it on a shirt, and you're just like, hmm, all right, looks pretty good. <laughs> looks they're, pretty. They're good. actually doing this. <laughs> yeah, yep, it's real. So awesome, cool. Well, dude, it was awesome to get back on with you, and uh, we'll be back at it next week. We'll have some. Uh, we're gonna have some guests over the next couple weeks and months. We're super yep. excited. For summertime, uh, summertime is when we get our most of our guests on, and we love it. So uh, be sure to tune into those. And tonight we've been talking football.